You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 115 of a Life in Ruins podcast, where we investigate the careers of those living a life in ruins our lives are ruined it's david it's connor and carlton is will not be here with us today uh vinny's here though oh hey yo how you doing <laughs> vinny is not here it's just Vinny's us here. vinny the chin guys follow him spaghetti westerns with a z yeah definitely go check him out carlton will be back one day i think he uh he sent me a picture of him after the tornado that he went through and he um Use the popular thing from Twister where you put your belt, you tie it to a water line, and he survived the the tornado. So he's good to go. That's good. He didn't yeah. send me that picture. No, or I mean, the field school students didn't make it, but, you know, he made it. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, we have a lot of group chats, and I, I can't keep up with a lot of them. Anyway. Well, for context, everyone pretty much have an episode with. We end up in a group chat. Yeah. That devolves into something like. Except for the 107 that we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) We tried. We tried at the beginning. We tried like every single one. It was like we tried to get a group chat going and then they mostly just ghosted us because we're weird. Yeah. Worldwide Wallace. uh, Trevor just ghosted us, dude. Left us on. Well, he did send us a meme a while back and we kind of ghosted him. Yeah, but um, it was like it was like in response, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was the SpongeBob with the the butterfly net in his hand, or the jellyfish net with his tongue sticking way out, and it said "Archaeologists when they find pottery," and it was very <laughs> funny. For context, that joke. This is a popular, like, freak out an undergrad kind of thing. Is like the way to tell if it's a ceramic versus a lithic when you have a pile of shit on your plate. Sorry, Chris, hang on. The way to tell if it's a ceramic or a lithic when you have a pile of stuff on your plate like on your tray is to lick it because ceramics are porous so therefore it will stick to your tongue bone as well i'm sorry bone versus ceramics there you go bone is porous i just i already take my degree away anyway point of the story is <laughs> i think a lick, ceramic would stick though let's be honest it, i believe i confused that because the stuff that i licked that i can't mention the name of because of dod purposes uh when i licked it my tongue didn't stick to it that's what it is. Um, <laughs> yes, bone sticks to your tongue. So at a field school, everyone's like, yeah, just check. And like, they're like, what? And like, I will always just immediately lick bone, like freshly dead or 3,000 years dead. Yeah. My, uh, Five my minutes ago, 5,000 years ago, who knows? <laughs> Whatever it is, my dog chewed on it. You know, it doesn't matter. But I told my friend that and he yeah. like, like was appalled. He's like, you stick your tongue on a bone that has been in dirt with nasty whatever. And he's just like, yeah, 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 we just do that. It's totally fine. He's like, why? <laughs> you guys, you guys are a bunch of weird, weird people. And it like, it could be like not saying any specific projects or places that have worked. It could be a very Nagpra heavy site and like I'll lick a bone or two. And I'm like, you know what? High chance that that was someone's grandmother's femur that I just licked a piece <laughs> of probably could go to federal prison for that. But we don't know when it's a shard, and that's the point of curation. Yeah, um, allegedly, allegedly, but, allegedly right, femur. If I hadn't have licked it, the alleged femur, I wouldn't have known was it sir, and it would have gotten filed away as a ceramic, and therefore not Nagpra. So it is hashtag lick for Nagpra. Anyway, all right. 
God. <laughs> we're off to a great start today. <laughs> I'm, we're just going to warn everyone this is going to be chaos. It's been a chaotic week for all of us. Uh, yeah, Carlton's in the field. I am dealing with 6,000 crazy projects. And David is, you know, trying to do some stuff with your bus. You want to you wanna inform the, the folks who are uh, who've made it this far what you're doing with your bus yeah so when you have diet autism like i do it's really hard <laughs> diet to <look>. autism. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to function so like i was i think we talked about this i was in the process of building my own bus however i found the new bus it was already converted to the way i wanted it so I was, i'm selling the, that's a whole other thing i got a new bus and in the new bus like had i finished building the old one or bought the new one i would have needed to figure out the electrical anyway However, since the guy built it, he was like, yeah, here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. Here's how you do this. This is what this is. And I recorded a video of him explaining all that to me. But of course, I had no idea. And I'm like, cool, I'll just exist. And I like finally moved into the bus fully. And like my desktop computer, I'm like, man, no one really fits a desktop computer into their bus. Like, I'm going to be one of the first people to do that. And I did it. And then I realized when you have your desktop computer that can like process 4K video and run like Skyrim and Adobe Premiere at the same time, it drains your batteries out real quick <laughs> in, in pure sun. So I was like, oh, shoot. Um, and it runs off solar. Like it's not attached to the engine or anything like that. It's it's purely powered by the, the sun. Purely self-sustaining solar. Like it's eco-friendly as hell. But... Yeah. So, and I have 200 amp hours of battery. So like that should theoretically like last forever with just the fridge and the lights. Like I don't have to worry about it unless I had no sun for like two weeks, but that thing draws. So like when I plug in my air fryer, which are notoriously like, like power efficient, that's like why they exist should be okay. But like a Keurig, I don't have, I've heard those take out a lot of power. So anyway, it's just little things. So I bought a little watt tester to like see how much stuff things take and like i can do some editing on my computer i don't think but like i'm not gonna be able to like be because there's that one guy who's like van life gaming and like every one of he's so annoying but he does have some good stuff <laughs> wait really there's a van life gamer yeah he's just gen z looking dude he's probably my age though he's got long hair and a cross earring if you have a cross earring that dangles i, I assume you're gen z <laughs> uh the fit the fit print the fine print is his name it's like tt TH, like TT, the fine print TT at the end of it. Gotcha. But yeah, Van Life Gaming. And he, like, it's cool. He has a solar system. He has like 600 amp hours of battery so he could just sustainably game anywhere he goes, which is pretty cool. And he also does video editing. So I think that's like his, but that's his day job. And that's all these people are like, oh, how, how do you afford Van Life? Like, how do you know? You can just do your job on the road. He has a full time, like, job doing like visual effects for like Disney. <laughs> oh. like, yeah. He doesn't mention that until like one video. And I was like, Oh, that's how this kid does it. But now he's probably got sponsorships and like all that. So, and he has, but it, the only way he does it is he has like three times as much amp hours as you, right? Yeah. Like he has probably two to $3,000 worth of batteries in his bus uh, or in his van. I have about 1500, I think I didn't buy them, but I assume that's the amount those those batteries cost. But anyway, uh, to answer your question, it's been a lot. So now I'm like, okay, maybe I should add a DC to DC inverter, which then I have to like run from my batteries in the engine all the way to the back of the bus at the solar, but the bus is already built. So I can't strip everything out. So I've been going underneath the bus, drilling holes, like running wires and stuff. I also, in the back of the bus, there's a big, 
rear heater. So like if it was a school bus, there's a heater that you flip on the little console up front that turns on the heat. However, that also heats the floor. So everything back there was just roasting hot when I drove to Arkansas. And I was like, oh my God, that, that's not good. Like, Dude, I, I burned my, my calves on those things so many times. As a kid? When, yeah, as a kid, like on the bus, you'd like put your leg back there and you'd be like, just like searing pain. Oh, I never did that. I didn't get to sit in the back of the bus. Well, yeah, because you were cool. Because you're short yeah. and Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Look. I think by the time... I was like old enough to be in the back of the bus. Like we moved to Tennessee and then I was like a new kid. So I had to sit up front with this Japanese exchange student. All right. Her name was Sasuke. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Point B. <laughs> also, that was a joke about uh, David's height and, and ethnicity. We're just joking. It's, I mean, it's all good. They know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the government knows this is my 23 and me. The Chinese know that's only, that's good. Yeah, that day has been sold to someone. The Japanese are cool with it. Sasuke is cool with it, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the point of all this, and Chris and his wife, uh, Rachel, live in a, an RV full time, so they're probably laughing their asses off at me right now, trying to, <laughs> to like, just be like, oh, poor David. Uh, but yeah, so I'm like, ring up, but there's not the heater. The heater like burned. Like my, like, and my propane's back there. And I, I know propane is like pretty safe. Like, even if you shoot it with a gun, it won't like blow up and fire. I've saw that on Mythbusters. However, I'm just, it's a, it's a volume of gas that's just in my bus. So I'm constantly like, if I get rear-ended, I'm dead. And like, <laughs> some days I welcome that, some days I don't. So like, I'm just like, oh God. And like, if my floor is so hot, I'm like, it's going to explode. Like my dog is going to die in like a fiery inferno while he's locked in the bus. I'm like, so I have to take this heater out. And then like, to take the heater out, everyone's like, oh, there's just a little valve in your engine that you can just turn and it turns it like the coolant doesn't go to it. So it doesn't turn on. And then like three people on the bus life stuff were like, yeah, just do that. And I was like, okay, but like, have you ever opened up a diesel engine and not known a thing about it? What valve? <laughs> and then I yeah. called like Ford and Ford was like, well, it's a Collins bus. You got to call Collins. And I called Collins. The lady was like, yeah, just like go down here, open up this. It's under this flap and then hit the tooth, like the flux capacitor and turn it this way. And I was like, okay, yeah, not doing that. So I just cut the lines. Um, <laughs> and it like this is it's an actual solution it's like the nuclear option to take it out you yeah. just cut like there's a, a flow line that goes into it to bring coolant and a, like power and then one that comes out and brings the coolant so i just cut those and then got two fittings and rerouted them so it just like rather than going up to the heater that stuff just goes around in a hose to the back of the bus it just ends yes back. yeah so if anybody listening knows how to like turn that off on a specific 2010 40 450 Collins bus, do let me know. But the next time I get it serviced, <laughs> I'm going to ask them to do it. But for now, it's fine. It just runs back and most people do it that way because it's just the surefire way to not have to worry about it. And I ripped that thing out. I've been doing so many mechanical and electrical things and plumbing things that I've never like thought I'd ever have to do, which I do see as a thing when people they are like, bus life, hell yeah. It's like what they do. And I'm always impressed with like this one little like, 19 year old girl who like lives in a van full time just like with a drill like doing shit that i have no idea what she's doing <laughs> see and i wasn't like ever taught that as like a girl kid growing up so i never got like you know my dad never walked me through this part of the engine is this this does that you know or you do the oil change here or whatever and i wasn't really interested in it either so it's like no because we had computers yeah and uh LimeWire. <laughs> and Lime, but like you could probably like your dad's probably like, how do I change my Ram? And you could explain all about Ram and like what bays it goes into and how, but my dad be like, 
that makes sense. But he doesn't like know it. Whereas a car, he's like, yeah, just like turn that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you know? Yeah. But, well, yeah. I, I just, that's something I feel like I missed out on. You know, I, I, I can't like, I could probably change my oil by myself. Like that's not a big thing, but like that was like service industry kind of stuff. But I, like you said, I can tell you anything about tech, whatever. My parents can't like their power went out the other day and it turned off their like nest cameras. And they're like, Oh my God, I just can't get it back on. No matter what I do, I plugged it back in. I did everything. And I just like, searched one thing online and then went and figured it out it took me like 10 seconds Dude, my, i know what you mean dude my mom was she was trying she got a new phone from work and i was like here we go a new iphone she doesn't have icloud backup she doesn't have anything and like she doesn't have enough storage in the phone to back it up to iCloud. So she's like, do I just charge like the, do I have to pay it to my work credit card? Like they're not going to approve that. And I'm like, Oh my God, if they want you to switch to a new phone, they'll approve it. And then I have to like back up all her stuff to iCloud. And then of course her contacts don't sync over to the new phone. She's like, I'm just going to take it to Apple. And I was like, I swear to God, if you take it to Apple, the guy's going to put a gun to his head and say, I hate my job because he gets this <laughs> six times a day from people that are older than you, mom. Just Google it. <laughs> well, they, and they and they don't remember their passwords or anything like that. No, like, <laughs> like, oh, I have to sign back in. I can't just use the face ID. So, no, it's a brand new phone. <laughs> if anybody listening works at Geek Squad or at the Apple Genius Bar, you are a soldier of God. <laughs> like the stuff. I saw this guy go through Geek Squad, dude, at Best Buy, and I was just trying to get my phone repaired. Like the only place I could do it was Best Buy that day. And he was like, okay, so do I buy, like, if I buy this $200 Norton secure, like, you'll install it for me? And he's like, I could, but, like, you don't really need that. Windows Defender does it just fine. And he's like, but, like, I have to have security. And he's like, yeah, but, like, you don't have to have, you could just do Windows Defender. Like, it's really good. And he's like, but, like, why would they sell this for this much money if it doesn't, like, he's like, capitalism. Like, I, I just want you to buy the thing. And I had to sit there for 45 minutes and, like, watch this poor, patient Hispanic man in, like, he spoke, like, perfect English, but I could tell, like, he was, this has nothing relevance to it, but I could just tell, like, he was calculating in his head the words to say without just, like, chewing this guy out. And <laughs> he was just like, you don't need it. And, like, I, after the guy left, and he was, like, defeated. And he's like, that, I, I feel like he felt like he was, the guy was, like, trying to hurt, like, ruin his computer or something like that. And no, the, yeah. The, the customer left and I locked it up to the dude and he was like, I'm so sorry for your weight, man. And I was like, dude, you have the patience of a saint. And he was like, every, every day, man. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> I feel like if I worked like a week at doing that, and I, I kind of do that as part of my job and I do it like just enough that I can keep my patience. But if I had to do that for a full week, like I would, I would, hop on a plane, buy a one-way ticket to the middle of Canada and do logging where I never saw another piece of technology ever again. <laughs> like I would, I would Dexter it. I would go, like, hang out in the middle of nowhere, ruin the end of my series and then <laughs> end up in the Canada being a logger. Cause it's, it's awful. Like it trying to explain something to folks who doesn't do not understand stuff. Like it's gotta be painful, but it's also gonna be painful. Like for mechanics, every time I go in there and be like, Hey, the thing doesn't work. <laughs> My car smoking. <laughs> They're like, well, yeah, you haven't changed your oil in six years. It's going to be smoking, dude. Uh, um, 60,000 miles per oil change? I can't remember. Dude, it just spits out parts on the highway. <laughs> to, to bring this back archaeologically, though, like, 
I went on a rant about the bus and like, we just talked about technology, but like, it's interesting to me, like in this bus, like I will now be like a mobile person, like a hunter gatherer. I have to go to places where there's sun. I need to go somewhere where I know there is water that I can fill up my tank and get the dog water. I got to be, I don't care if I'm near a grocery store or whatever, but it's just like, I literally have to calculate things like that based on like how much amp hours of battery I have left. Well, how much gas you have, if you can make it to the gas station, station, especially right now. Yeah. And like, but people at geek squad too, like they're like, it's literally dealing with an actually in hand axe versus like a Clovis point. And they're just like, someone's like, but this one works just fine. And he's like, no, but like, you don't need an Achillean hand axe sized tool when you could just use a flake to cut open your box. You know what I mean? Like the Amazon box and like they deal with that. So there's probably people in prehistory or, or pre let's just say the stone age that were like dealing with this stuff. And they were like, no, mom, I swear to God, like, like Neanderthals, you don't have to make all these exterior flakes to get to the one in the middle. Like you could literally just biofacially work this thing down to a usable tool and not waste so much flint. And he's like, mom and no. grandpa are like, no, no. I need no, to buy a standard warranty. I'm on a Vawa point, boy. They just called me about it. But the Nigerian princes, the Nigerian Neanderthals want something. Oh, dude, I got... Speaking of Nigerian princes, I got someone that wanted to, someone messaged me saying like they want to, they were perusing my art and they wanted to like buy it for their husband. Uh, who It's his anniversary. She doesn't want him to see it. So she wants to send me a check in all caps for the art. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and I went with it because I wanted them to send me the fake check that's clearly going to bounce and expect me to send the art back. And I was like, man, these people really want my art for like, why mine? And then I wanted them to give me their address because I was literally going to mail them a box of Strider's dog shit. <laughs> and like, let's not bleep that out because it's what it, what I would have sent. But they want me to like meet with a person in a parking lot and do a, an exchange where we sign for it and stuff. And like, I think it's either going to be a robbery or somebody really wants my art that bad that I messaged and said like, hey, you're bad at this. Don't capitalize check next time. And also, if you want it that bad, you can just have it. And they just didn't respond. (laughs) All right, we'll call it next segment. (laughs) And we will be back. Welcome back to episode 115. 115 of a Life Learners podcast. I'm here with Connor John and Carlton is not joining us today. So, so sad. Who do you think was the first person to invent that? Some guy on the street. Like a street performer in like London? Yeah. He's probably like following around like, you know, larger people or <laughs> someone getting rejected. And it's just like. <laughs> like the first person to do it definitely got a laugh. Yeah. Like somebody was like, that's fucking funny, mate. Oh. <laughs> do that again. Cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> Sorry for the English audience. But I mean, you deserve it. So, <laughs> America. <laughs> yes, right, boy. How about that revolution of 1776? How'd that taste? You should listen to our episodes on that's real accurate. Yeah, it's, it's the most accurate, most factual since Donald Trump's something on something. Just X, X or Y. It's, a, it's an ad lib there. Mad lib. It's an ad lib. <laughs> Dude, did you see the thing about him throwing the plate of ketchup against the wall? 
the hearing. It's just like it's and like I'm like this isn't real. And then like you hear it and you're like, okay, that's real. <laughs> like, <laughs> he threw his di- like he would frequently pull the tablecloth out from under the like as a, like a cartoonish evil boss. <laughs> anyway, what are they it would be better if you tried to do like a magic trick. Abracadabra. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pull this whole tablecloth from underneath you. <laughs> I don't know why it was like a terrible New York accent, but that's Donald like, Trump. It's it's what it is. Yes. So right now it is the summer. Uh, I'm about to go into the field for two weeks at the uh, Lopel Mammoth Site, the National Geographic funded Lopel Mammoth Site. That's good. No big deal. Todd's our little Dr. Maddie Mackie. Dr. Spencer Paulton, you know, just you know, some cool people. Yeah, but uh, I'm doing that. That's that's a fun dig. I'm not running it. I'm going to just hang out. I'm not getting paid to dig. Um, I'll be making content and stuff, but like, that's fun. There's CRM stuff, which I'll be doing later this summer. Connor, you are working CRM currently, but there are people out there who are working CRM currently doing like the work. Yeah. Like we could say. Respect to all those people out there you know, who are really putting in the time, putting in the miles, putting in the hours. Putting in the meters. <laughs> sorry, let's do this correctly. The kilometers, the feet, if you're doing oh, a historic I mean, site. Like shovel test a meter deep. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but still, yeah. This episode is going to be for you, but we're just going to talk about CRM and make you sad. Because we like, we don't want to make you happy and let you enjoy like new research or like find out new things about archaeology. We want to remind you that you are sad and you are in a hole and that you're never going to get out of that hole. And your crew chief is probably listening and I'm going to say he's probably a dick and you're like, uh, wow. And now you're kind of looking back at your screen. Like you don't want to make eye contact because you agree. <laughs> so you're just screening with your, you know, and it's just, it's what it is. Um, but also send us, send us the pictures of the crew chief, please. <laughs> we want to see him. <laughs> Maybe there's someone on your, maybe it's a she, maybe it's a they, maybe someone on your crew is just the worst dramatic person you've ever encountered and he or she or they are terrible to work with. And like, now you're all kind of looking around like, uh oh, cause like you, you, you all know who that person is as I'm saying this, but you're not going to look at each other. Yeah. See, you're doing it right now. <laughs> you're not going to look at the person cause it's awkward and I've made it worse for you. And if you don't know that person then it's you. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> yeah. So careful on that one, but let me, let me paint the picture for you guys here. Yes. Yes. I love the fact that it is federally protected public land in which when you find archeological remains, you can dig up the past and preserve indigenous American heritage. I love that. I do. Do I love it so much that I would love to drive to the middle of the desert step on a rattlesnake or two working for a giant engineering company who gives no shit about me whatsoever other than that my social security number is on there with a low pay salary (laughs) and you know i don't have any criminal history do i love going out to the middle of that desert digging a shovel test in the beating sun carrying a screen 30 minutes across the field because you can't find any two tracks to get there with your truck. But then when you get there, realize there's a two track right there where you could have taken the screens and shovels and all the paperwork to the spot. Do I love it? Do I love it when I dig that shovel test and it's negative and it's negative And on the third shovel test that's required, you find one flake 
a meter deep and then you have to dig three more shovel tests around that and still find nothing and it was just that one flake to preserve indigenous heritage do i love that i love that i love it i absolutely love it (laughs) and it's why i'm doing that today in my parents office on a nice cozy microphone in the air conditioning while my bus is roasting. (laughs) (laughs) And that is why exactly. I love it so much that I send people out there and do tech support from my beautiful, beautiful home in Washington where it is like 60 degrees. It rained a little bit today. I got to walk outside. You know, I am really struggling here. Because I need to be out on the field, on the ground, in those dunes, getting yelled at by engineering companies, getting yelled at by BLM archaeologists, getting yelled at whatever, whoever it is. I need I need to be out there. And I'm sad right now. Are you sad? I am so sad. Like you my look- cat's hanging out in the back there. Like I've got plants. I got a Coors Light. I didn't even sweat today because I'm just a big old piece of crap. <laughs> to be fair, there's Coors Light and a lot of serum. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on what state you're in. <clears throat> Nothing I say here is looking at this okay, environmental consultants. What? Uh, so, the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, were you done talking about what you loved? Because I, I definitely interrupted. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I miss it so much. And I know you miss it too, being right there. I, I do. I love. You miss I, having. I, a, you don't. You don't want to have a pool in your backyard to go jump in. No, I mean I really don't want to stay at my parents' house any longer. But the diesel prices are pretty, pretty. High. <laughs> but I am leaving on Friday, so I'm finally good. I'm like I'm out. I'm done. I love my parents. Great place. I love Nashville. Why get an apartment while I'm here? While the bus, like you know, it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Do yeah. I miss? Do I miss living in a Hampton Inn in the middle of the reservation of Wyoming? Every night, getting those nice, delicious eggs that Hampton Inns provide, and like the little bit of stale cereal that comes out of that weirdly 1970s machine in which dispenses cereal. And do I love getting orange juice and/or cranberry juice out of the little machine that probably is full of mold into those little Dixie cups? Do I love it? Do I love the little salsa picante packets they give you with your eggs every morning? <laughs> I think I do. Do I love going? Do I love basic cable? Do I love having Wi-Fi that's like not the best? So I'm kind of forced to just watch C-SPAN on basic cable, questioning my life and why I'm alone in a living room, no, a hotel room in in Riverton, Wyoming. Do I love that? No. I'm going to say I don't love that. No one one does. I think we should stop glorifying CRM in such a way because sometimes it is shitty. Most of the time, I would say <laughs> it's probably shitty. And we talk about this, Connor, a lot. We don't want to gatekeep at all for anthropology. We don't. However, if you do not, like we talked with Vinny last week, if you're not willing to put in that like amount of mental effort to get through all that graduate school to become a Vinny's a specific case where he's the kid's a genius doing genetic stuff for like whatever he's doing, but like. If you're not willing to pull that work in, you're going to be doing CRM. And not that that's a bad thing. Like Angela said, Angela Perry, Dr. Perry, a couple of episodes, I think episode 100. Episode yeah, 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 yeah. 
She has PhD. She went through all the academia, loves CRM. That's what she does now. And it's not like the, the Burger King to like McDonald's being like, you know, the academia. Cause I mean, I personally think McDonald's a little better than Burger King. What can you do? Oh, get out of um, here. What do you, what do you, what do you use? The Kerger bang dude, their stuff is disgusting. Yeah. But they have um, the best, the spiciest meme page. Come on. The, Look it up on the Instagram. The I Kerger still bang. haven't figured out the Kerger bang, but it is interesting to see the memes. <laughs> It, it, is, it, is a, it is a place, guys. Check out the Kerger Bang on Instagram. A friend sent it to me, and I question her sanity. We do not um, endorse anything that is said in, in the Kerger Bang. <laughs> <laughs> but there is no... Um, the celebrated... Do, Doc, Doc Monalds? I don't know what's what's the what's the McDonald's. <laughs> there was one with, after the Will Smith thing with him wearing a Burger King crown. <laughs> so part of the pages, they just... They Photoshop a Burger King crown onto people, and it was Will Smith saying, "Keep your wife's my wife's name off my McNubbins," <laughs> and it makes no sense. But do I love living in a hotel, and the only food options are like a Safeway with like vegetables that are very questionably fresh to eat because it's in the middle of a landlocked state in the desert. Where nothing's growing. Ain't nothing growing around there. Yeah. Am I trying to eat like a, a take your, make your own salad? I don't know. Do it. Maybe I'll swing by a Burger King and eat it and then feel immediately sick afterwards. Yes. There's, there's other options, but it's, it's not pretty though. I mean, like, I don't think our academia is pretty and we've highlighted that tons of times, like how sure. bad and like awful it can be. And it's not like you one route, you get to choose. Like it, it, you can go back and forth like Angela has done. A lot of people have gone and done CRM for a couple years and then they're like, yeah, you know, I had too many eggs, too many, too many Hampton in eggs that it's, it's yeah. what in my gut. I got to get a PhD. Right. <laughs> and like when you get a higher degree, you can, yes, probably be more management. You can do like you're a manager. I'm a man. Like I was a manager. Like, you can do an office job and that's not so bad. But then in an office job, you're sitting in one spot where Connor, there's no sun half the year. So he's just like, no. And then in Georgia, I was just roasting and I saw a cockroach run across my very clean house, run across my computer desk. And I was like, I'm going to burn my house down. There's no other option. To li- I'm, I'm leaving. So I bought yes. a bus and quit my job. <laughs> um, but he didn't commit arson. He thought about it. Thought about it. Uh, it would have been self arson, self immolation. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I'm not just to say the- that. <laughs> What's up? Oh, just meet the the monk from. Yeah, I was Vietnam. I was thinking the monk yeah. thing. You know, yeah, that's every time I see a cockroach, I can I think that man's life is better than mine. But <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. Yes, but so to all that aside, I'm not saying that CRM is like not glorious. There are aspects to it that are great. And I'm not saying like you should be an academia. Like uh, what, what am I trying to say here? I'm not saying that like it's a prison sentence to do CRM versus academia. It's not. There's some CRM that's amazing. However, if you're not, if you're going into anthropology because you like find it interesting, but you're not willing to like go further into graduate school, maybe you can't afford it yet. Fine. Do CRM, like put your work in. If you're not willing to like get to that management stuff and you just want a job, you're going to be doing archaeological grunt work, which is not pretty. <laughs> no. Some places it is. You have an amazing crew. It's a great time. Laura Cannon had that experience. We should get her on to talk about that. 
Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. And highlight some of the because she she talks about those experiences like they were some of the best years of her life. Like camping with a bunch of hippies in the woods of Mississippi. Yeah, it was like yeah. awesome. Elena Haverluck, she like loves her crew that she works with. She loves her job. Uh, Amelia, what's her last name? Doll. Amelia Doll seems to love her job. She does like office work and field work. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that I know who are just like, I can't do this. And they quit and they do something else because you are living in a hotel, especially like when I worked with Swicka, it was people I'd never met before, but I knew them through people. And like, we weren't like, go, we don't, we didn't go way back. Like we weren't like friends forever. So it was like a fun, you're with your friends in a hotel every night drinking. It became that after a while. But then after that, Swicka's like, Hey, I need you at this other project tomorrow. And I had to drive to the other side of Wyoming and watch construction for 12 hours a day while they dug their gravel and talking to a walkie talkie and be like, yeah, nothing. And like, <laughs> then go back to an apartment where they didn't put me in a hotel. They had me in an apartment with a roommate who just didn't talk to me, which is fine. Cause I was tired. But like, I was just like, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't. Well, and then at field school, you're not exposed to any part of that field no. school. You're kind of like given this like glamorous or not glamorous. I, I know that there's field school out there that puts you through the ringer and you, you know, you suffer and you feel school you looks the- like the opening scene of Jurassic park where they're at like that nice camp with the trailer and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. 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 And you, you know, you camaraderie, you build friendships, blah, 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 blah. But after so, that, it's worth testing the waters of CRM and putting your toe in and being like going on a project before you do the full commit, I would yes. say. And Sometimes you'll drive by the the highway, drive down the road, and you'll see a construction crew on the side of the road, and you're like, man, it's hot. Those poor bastards. One of them, more likely than not, is a geologist or an archaeologist out there overseeing what's being dug, and like, fuck that. <laughs> like, sometimes, like, the middle of Nashville, Tennessee, middle of summer, just so hot, so humid, and like, you're just out there in a wet clay hole looking for and Nashville has tons of material. So it's like, you have to then halt construction. Then they hate you because of the supply chain right now. It's just like, I'm dreading doing some work later this summer that I'll be doing, but like, yeah. Cause you're going, so you're going to a place where it's Northwestern Colorado, where it gets up to a hundred plus degrees and the place is used as like a lithic landscape. Everyone lived everywhere. There's stuff everywhere. And you're out there trying to document stuff so people are complying with the laws, but you're also impeding construction progress, like you're saying. So you're you're in this weird place where you're like sunburnt, dying, overheated, getting yelled at by a construction company, but you're also finding the cool stuff. Yeah. You'll- or or uh, the construction people after two weeks, you get to know them because you're there every day. Then you get close enough where they're willing to tell you. Yeah, me and my friends came in here and picked this area clean of uh, arrowheads and I have them at my house. You want to see them? Not realizing that that is one, a federal crime. And two, the point of me being there is to look for that stuff. And like without that, I'm not going to be able to tell what's there. And like if we dig through something, yes, but it's just going to be a campfire. I don't know if it's going to be a Shoshone campfire versus a crow or a like early archaic site. So yeah, there's that. And then you're wondering like, why do my tax dollars go to this? Because like, that is the stupidest job when you're not finding anything, but it's also a worthwhile job because you're preserving indigenous heritage, but it's more so as Aaron Dieterwolf pointed out to me, 
like, are we saving indigenous heritage or are we just doing environmental compliance because it's federally required? And that's really all CRM boils down to sometimes. And yeah, like, the a, glory is, is gone. Yeah. It's, it's like a philosophical debate that you will have every day while you're sitting there watching someone do like 10 centimeters of, <laughs> of a bulldozer moving. I was on a project that was putting in fiber optic cable. So basically the machine was cutting into the ground and then laying cable afterwards. And it just broke every five minutes, every 10 minutes thing broke. And you're sitting there like, I am not going to find anything underneath that. And then all these thoughts come into your head, all these philosophical questions like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I getting paid for this? What is the meaning of everything? And it is brutal. And on that note, I couldn't have said it better myself, Connor, to be honest. (laughs) Let's talk about the good stuff, though, next next session, because I mean, there's good. There's more bad than good to me. And there's more good than bad in a lot of ways. So uh, what I just said was pointless. Next session. Welcome back to episode 115 of a Life in Ruins podcast. This episode is off the rails because Carlton isn't here to hang out with us. Edit out my um, No, keep it in. <laughs> we do want to highlight some good aspects of it because I've been on some projects that I've really enjoyed. David has too. We want to give you both sides. We want to be the good cop, bad cop kind of kind of thing. And David, you were mentioning in the interim that you... There's some aspects, sort of some things in Kentucky that you've done and some jobs for Swicka that you actually enjoyed parts of. Yeah. So yeah, when I worked for a bigger company in Wyoming, it was based out of Colorado. I went out with a crew. The guy had gotten his degree at Wyoming. Uh, He was a master's graduate. Uh, He was older. He was in the kid's 40s. Real cool dude. I worked with another guy, uh, Ben Perlmutter. He was friends with Ben. He's a cool guy, right? Yeah. So another archaeological Jew, uh, which was, I learned in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, there was just two of us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like some of those digs were like, there was one guy in our crew that was like odd. And even if he's listening to this, I think he'll admit to himself, like he's a little odd, but he, he was odd. But the other guys got along with, there's another guy named Brady, I think, who is a University of Wyoming student now. He was actually, uh, he went on with me up to and did my field work in the winds and then was at LaPrelle and is a master's student right now. Shout out Brady. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I remember Brady being like going back into school. Yeah. Worked with them, hanging out at a hotel in, I think it was Riverton, Wyoming. And you're like, after work, we would just go get beer, hang out in the parking lot, which I didn't realize you could just do. You could just post up in the parking lot with camping shirt. You probably can't hang out. It's called loitering. <laughs> but we were paying to be there so we could hang out outside. Oh, it was um, at, like at the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like we would hang out and just drink. I like they taught me how to like, <laughs> like this one guy taught me how to like pee into like my like the truck with the wheel well without it looking like you're peeing. If you really had to go, because you had to get your car key to go back inside, like your, to go back to the room and stuff. In the lobby didn't have a bathroom, and he was like, he'd like put his like hand up to his face, like he was like searching the horizon, but he was really just peeing. It was like just funny stuff, which I don't know if that's like sexual misconduct. I don't think it is. There's no one around. It was just us. So, but like it was just funny to me. Yeah, you're just hanging out and drinking, but everyone has an anthropology degree or a geology degree. It's mostly anthropologists. So you all have liked minds. We talked about different ways and like I was still in grad school at this time. So they were picking my brain about stuff and like, oh, he's so young. He doesn't know that. And like, but then I was like pushing back on some stuff and I was like, no, I really think sediment moves this way. And this is why this site's stupid. And then they were like, "Uh oh, and like we would like get into like, and it was like fun because it's like you're, you're doing 
like your theory is getting put into practice, I guess is the way to explain it. And sure. a guy who worked construction where we were working, like the, the air, the pipeline came by and he was asking us like, why do I have, I will say this and we don't have to bleep it out. He said to me, talking to me and the other guys, and this is a valid concern. Why the fuck do I have to halt my construction for three days for a fucking arrowhead? And like he was said it in a very like intense tone like that, but he legitimately meant like why? Because he just doesn't, they don't, they don't tell him why. He just knows he has to. And my field chief handed him a little card that was like his spiel of saying like what, you know, the environmental or the EPA says what the National Register of Historic Places says and like why we have to do that. And we explained to him like, you know, it could be a big site. It could lead to something. It's indigenous heritage. We need to preserve it. And the guy was like, okay. But he was just like, I just don't understand like why FEMA has to come in and like tell me like do that. And he was like, he had a Trump thing on his like uh, car and stuff like that. So not to say that's like makes him a bad person anyway. It's just like, you can, I can tell where he's like, what side of the aisle he's coming from with these questions. And like, they were good questions. And I like wanted to have an answer. I didn't necessarily have the full one, but my boss gave him the full answer. And it was like, okay. And we kind of came to like an agreement in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming in a hotel parking lot, drunk. <laughs> it was like pretty cool. And another guy came in and talked about like elk hunting. Cause he would come in with his rifle every day. He also made a... <laughs> Very racist comment against, uh, it was very anti-Semitic <laughs> with me and Ben sitting right there. And we were like, oh, well, have a good day, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> See some of that out West. Also had a big political sticker on us. We won't say which one it was, but had it on his car. It yeah. rhymes with so, bottled rump. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to say that's where his anti-Semitism came from. But no, 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 no. It's no, just no. like, and I don't even think he meant it directly. It was just a very like... Ooh. <laughs> Did he really just say Ooh. that to me? Um, but that's the thing. I'm I'm a white passing minority, so it's just like, and I'm white. I would call myself. That's a whole other topic. But yes. So you can like no. I was gonna say you put it. You put this into practice. So like we talk about finding stuff. We talk about like sediments, all that stuff. But you also talk about public archaeology, which is what you were doing on the second part of that, where you're you're engaging with someone who's like a stakeholder and having a conversation with them and telling them why this is important and why we do this. Like that's, those are both elements that we're taught. Yes, exactly. And that first day, that was my first day on the job. Like after we had worked and gone out there and the guy, my crew chief was like, so yeah, how'd you like it, man? Before we went to bed in different rooms, but <laughs> he was like, would you like about it? And I was like, nah, man, it's like, cool. Like it, this is neat. Like I got to see my boss, like on the first day, immediately describe why I'm here. Like it was, it was kind of cool in a teachable moment. And then other times, like we would go to lunch cause you get an hour lunch break. And like, but we, sometimes we just staggered it and ate snacks throughout the day, but you get the gas station runs in the morning where you're like, oh, sh- <laughs> they make purple Mountain Dew now. I guess we'll try that. And it's just, like, <laughs> you just feel sick while you're digging a hole. <laughs> But it's Mixed with like the quickie mart <laughs> yeah. or whatever the, what was the ones that I would eat? Oh my God. Oh, you, dude, you would eat come and go burritos every day. Yeah. This was like, I was, a, well, I was a grad student, so you can, you can excuse that, but I had the money <laughs> to not do that. I just did that because I'm a piece of shit and I will admit to that. <laughs> uh, it, but yeah, it's like stuff like that. Like you're at a lot of gas stations and like you eat a lot of beef jerky and sunflower seeds. Cause you want to keep, and like you have to do a lot of training where it's like heat stroke, rattlesnakes, gun violence, holes, like, holes, like holes lots in of the ground. Yeah. Holes like, in the ground. Yeah. Like things you have to be out there for and you like water and hydration is a legit concern and sun 
or like sunscreen and stuff. Like you got to wear safety vests, you got to wear sunscreen, you got to wear your helmet. That was fun. But like little hole in the wall restaurants in the middle of nowhere. Like I remember this one place, it was his mom and pop place. And like their son, I guess was maybe their son had Down syndrome and he like can't, he was like in his forties or fifties. And like came to the table and just like posted up and ate lunch with us. And we were like, what's up, dude? And like, we just like eating lot, like just having fun. And like, he was trying to fist bump us like the whole, it was like, it was just fun. Like making this guy's day. Uh And you wouldn't like how you wouldn't actually like go out to that spot without being there for archaeology too. So you do get to explore like interesting areas that you would like not go to. Like, I'm not going to go to, I'm trying to think where I I would, I wouldn't go to Walden, Walden, Colorado, hang out there. Like that's. So you do get to see some really interesting places too and meet interesting people and culture. Yeah. yeah. Like being on the res, I'd never been there and I could see like the, the poverty. Like I'd never like, I was like, damn. And like on Fridays when like the, it was three day of the month when like the checks come, like it is a thing where like the liquor stores, it's like packed. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like I've heard this, but I never saw it firsthand. And like, I grew up in the East coast. So I was like, it's just a vastly different world. And I was like, man. Or you yeah. get like shift workers, people who work in like the oil fields and they all come off oh, at the dude. same time. Those and it's are like living every- pirates. <laughs> 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 like haggard people coming into port. They're like, oh, I need a beer. I've been to sea for 14 days. <laughs> Literally, they're at these oil fields for like weeks on end, making like $100,000 a day because it's a dangerous job. Doing anyway. and steroids. Yeah. A lot of math out there. So how about your CRM? So we also get to do cool research projects as part of CRM. So I've mentioned this before. My company had did a project down in Durango, Colorado, where they were rerouting a highway. Uh, highway 160, no, 550. So they're rerouting this whole highway. It's up on top of a mesa overlooking a river. And if you've been to anywhere in the West, you know that there's going to either be dead humans there's going to be arrowheads there's going to be pit houses there's there's going to be everything these like escarpments and mesas that hang around water area water sources are just chock full of everything you want to find archaeological people have been living there for like a lot of just a long periods of time and because they were moving the highway and we're going to disturb the ground we got to go out beforehand and excavate and identify really really cool archaeology like archaeology that you want to do as part of your field school or archaeology that you see maybe even we there was a we even filmed something so we, we were on pbs talking about this archaeology like there was really cool you know adobe pit houses where you can see like That's the it. wing walls different like storage areas all of the pottery you would want to see ever, all of the the sandstone, matates, monos, you know, effigies. So you do get to go and see these cool projects and go to cool places and, and see things. And and also as part of this this project, we got to work directly with the Ute Mountain Ute uh, reservation. So we had Mountain Ute students come out there and we taught them archaeological methods, had them help us dig, uh, and actually had some of those those workers hang out with us and work for us for the whole summer. So that's, it, this is one of those other things where you're like, you hear about this really cool archaeology, but you actually get to do it. Mm-hmm. And you also hear about engaging and talking with stakeholders and hang and 
working with tribes, working with different people who are interested in, and you get to put that into practice as well. So and that's like worthy, worthwhile work. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's cool. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I, f- you feel good and you feel excited to do that. And I, as part of that, I got to drive, I got to operate drive. Why did I say drive a drone? They Mario make me small. It. Yeah. They make me small, like Miss Frizzle. And I was like on top of that, like piloting it. Um, <laughs> but I got to operate a drone and create 3d models of these pit houses and do really cool technology stuff. Um, we also That's found cool. a lot of, a lot of human remains that were almost immediately repatriated and reburied as part of this process. So it's, it's just like you, it's a, it's really is a crapshoot. You'll have 30 projects in a year that suck and everything's miserable and you're walking transmission lines, you're walking pipelines, you're walking, just, just walking and you're digging yeah. or you're in the East coast and you're digging holes every what five meters or something through thick roots <laughs> poison ivy poison oak boars chiggers ticks i have rocky mountain <laughs> you dig through the boars yeah and you're like why the f- did DeSoto release all of these pigs <laughs> cancels spain <laughs> fun fact the spanish released a lot of pigs in the southeast so that when they came back from their expeditions they had food and now we got a big ass hog problem down there, boy. Explains a lot about the South. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so another thing too that was like great with CRM was I took this job reluctantly because I just I needed a job. But knowing Shane, he like saw someone say, "Hey, we need like a really experienced field assistant." I think it was my job was a tech, but I was the PI's assistant, is what I was on paper, glorified uh, shovel bum. So. But yeah, they needed someone who could do bones and someone who was like, could be work with high profile stuff between like the army Corps and all that. So that Shane was like, you need David. No, no, I'm not <laughs> dusting my shoulders off in any way here, but. Did you just, I, do, was that a, <laughs> a shit's grief reference? Ew, David. <laughs> ew, ew, David. Ew, ew, David. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, and this, it, this kind of plays into it because we, I went to this site in Harlan, Kentucky. And if you're not sure what Harlan, Kentucky is, that's like where. Like there's songs about it, like in the 1920s, but like unions and like coal miners and stuff like that. It's like the heart of coal country, rural, like where there's actual inbred people. And like, it was a thing in the town and like not in Harlan itself, but around that area. And like, it was up in the mountains, dude. And like, I was just like, oh, and there was a guy from Long Island that was there. So I was like, hey, I'm a little cool. And the guy that I ended up working with at New South, I love the guy to death. Like I would get a beer with him anytime I see him. Great guy. Uh, another person from New South worked there. She was an osteo-bioarchaeologist. Osteo, it's like she dug with the, the remains and stuff. She worked in Florida, taught, and she was contracted out, worked there. And then we also worked with the Army Corps, who it was the Army Corps' land. They, it's the Army Corps built railroad there in the 1910s or 1920s or something like that. When was the mm-hmm. flu? 19... 19- I think it was like the 1910s, like early. 1910s. So it was then. They were building it then because a lot of the people died whatever year the Spanish flu was. And like a lot, just poor Irish immigrant graves with like whiskey bottles in them. And that was it. And like a doll or two. And like, it was just cool to see that aspect of like, just essentially like train track fodder just being thrown into the dirt because they didn't have anywhere else to send them. But the cemetery was getting eroded out by the river because, or the river was a USAID's controlled river and it was eroding out. So we had to go dig it out. But 
working with the core, this guy I found out had worked on the trial for Saddam Hussein. He did all the mass grave excavations in Iraq, um, Iraq, 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 and like dug all that out, testified against Saddam Hussein using archaeology, being like, yeah, we dug out all these graves and there's just, you can see where the bullet shot these children in the back of the head and like you can see their clothing and like artifact A, B, and C as if it was evidence. And like Saddam is, was now hanged on public television. And that's why, that's why people are like, I just, I can't believe there's like gratuitous violence in these shows. And like, I was 13 and saw Saddam hanged on live TV. I think I can handle it. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> the, anyway, just a cool experience. And like, it, it, they were from St. Louis. So they were like, obviously upper class uh, people like working for the core. The guy from New York was like a trade worker, but he was really good with backhoes and stuff. And he came in, but the guys that worked the site that were like from Kentucky because a funeral home was going to repatriate all these graves, couldn't understand a word the guy said. Uh, and he was like, hey, man, you're going to go on down. Go on down, go on down, go on and I was like, yeah. And then at one point, dude, this is one of the scariest things about like how diverse America is. The guy like rolled his window down and he looked like the physical embodiment of Foghorn Leghorn. I can't describe it. <laughs> slash Dave Thomas from KFC. You know, Dave Thomas is Wendy's. Who's K Colonel Sanders? There you go. He rolls the window. <laughs> I do declare. And he literally said shit like that. Uh, he rolls the window down as I'm moving buckets up the hill. And he goes, son, do you vote for Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Just deer in the headlights. And I like have gauges and have tattoos so like clearly i probably vote one direction and he was just like just looked at it i was like the probably a five second pause and i like didn't want to say who i voted for so i was like uh and then he goes you vote for hillary and i was like <laughs> neither and he goes oh good man and then rolled the window back up and i was like oh <laughs> i could have been shot like it just felt so weird but I judged and I was like, these people are like scary and weird and hill people. They made us moonshine at the end of it uh, and get like illegal moonshine <laughs> and gave it to, and I didn't know it was illegal, but my the allegedly. Field guy, allegedly, the guy from the army corps was like, Hey David, just so you know, one, don't go to town and meet young women. Cause you're their ticket out of here. And I was like, that's a little rough. And he's like, yeah, but it's the truth. And then also <laughs> I wouldn't drink uh, this man's moonshine without the knowledge of knowing that he made this in his bathtub. And I was like, that makes it kind of better. And he's like, I didn't say that, <laughs> but like winked at me as he said. So I was like, <laughs> was yeah. So, <laughs> so you CRM people out there are interested in doing CRM. You could have these experiences. You yes, could have, added, you, could be, you could be yelled <laughs> across the, the site by, uh, by Foghorn Leghorn. You could fly a drone over, really cool pit houses you could operate it yourself if you get really small and turn in like miss frizzle does you could do all these things just be aware that it's a lot of sweat a lot of sunscreen a lot of possible rattlesnake bites a lot of poison ivy and a lot of nights in a hotel room being like <sighs> and we'll end it there <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, rate and review the podcast. We don't recommend you read anything because reading's dumb. Don't follow us on social media. Don't send us reviews. We hate you. We love you. I don't know. David probably has a better pitch for that. You can catch me at Third Coast Comedy Club next Monday at... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
That's all I got, dude. Um, That's all- <laughs> please rate and review the podcast. Do the whole thing. Guys, Chris Webster and uh, what's Rachel's last name? Roden. 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 Yeah. Rachel Roden. I keep on to say Rachel Webster, but that my makes Ra- Rachel Webster. It just rocks my world. Chris, Ro- Chris Roden. Chris Webster and Rachel Roden are wonderful people who edit each one of these episodes. They run the podcast network. We do suggest you watch some and listen to some other podcasts on the network. Join in for the live shows because they are great people. I hit up Chris the other day out of the blue and was like, hey, I need help with my internet. And he was like, got you, fam. And we just like checked. Great guy. So just like... The Archaeology Show, CRM Arc is the other sh- another one, The Dirt. Check all the ones out. Just do it. Listen to us. Support us. Become a member of the APN. Send us and- money. If you are a single woman or a single man looking for a partner, if you rate and review the podcast, I will find you one. Um, <laughs> so rate and review the podcast. I'm not saying it's going to be me. If you are a young person who enjoys podcasts, who wants to rate and review the podcast, I would implore that you do so. If you rate and review the podcast, I will highlight you on the Life Nerds podcast page. It's about all I can offer without getting yelled at by the other two. <laughs> and with that, we are out. Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. Connor, do you have a shitty joke? Shitty joke time! Wait, we really got to stop saying shitty because they're going to get edited. Well, we've said it so much, he's probably given up on editing it anyway. So sorry, Chris or Rachel. Crappy joke time, crappy joke time, crappy joke time. Okay, so uh, a friend asked me to play the part of Brutus in an upcoming play about Julius Caesar. Looked at him and I was like, you know, I'd take a stab at it. Nice. That's some old Republic humor. <laughs> I know. That sound plays as Cat's Connor's or Connor's cat is looking its asshole in the corner. <laughs> All right, and with that, we're out. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV traveling the United States, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, Dig Tech LLC, Cultural Media, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.